Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. This episode is sponsored by Caroline Fleur. She wrote the book Destiny and Other Dilemmas. You can find it on Amazon in Kindle format and paperback format. Here is the blurb. Brooke Stern seemed to have the perfect life until she didn't. After an unexpected turn of events that shook her marriage of 15 years, she must navigate her new normal as a single independent woman. Juggling her son's food allergies, her demanding career, and growing interest in a mysterious man, she's determined to restart her life and find a clear path ahead. When she finally reclaims her courage, she is confronted with the harsh consequences of her choices. Any step forward is a potential risk as she tries to make the best decisions for herself and the future of her family. That is, if destiny doesn't step in and decide for her. Based on that, I think I need to own that book as well. Um, I will include a link to the Amazon so that you can purchase this book and support the author just as the author has chosen to support this podcast. Thank you, Caroline, and thank you, Chris. Uh, You can find her book in the show notes as well. Thank you both for supporting the Piggy Bookworm. Hey everybody, I am here with Jay. He is the owner, I believe, we will get into that here in just a yeah. minute, of Papillon yeah. Dupere Publishing. Um, I am not even going to try to pronounce that with a French accent. Y'all wouldn't want me to, just trust me. <laughs> so we are going to get into what it means to own your own publishing business and what he looks for in books that he wants to publish and all kinds of stuff. So as usual, grab a cup of tea, grab a glass of wine or Caroline, grab your laundry and let's get to it. Hi, Jay. Hi, Pamela. How are you? (laughs) I am fantastic. I woke up this morning to a huge thunderstorm it it was nine o'clock in the morning and you would have thought it was like nine o'clock at night it was so dark outside and I and I remember I had actually messaged you and and warned you that we might have a soundtrack of thunderstorm going but it has it has managed to clear up and um, it's still a little bit overcast but um, I can deal with that so um, how are things over in your part of the world? I think you had mentioned you live well, in Turkey. I, I do, yes. Uh, I'm based. Uh, my business is based out of the out of the UK, so you can probably detect the, uh, the British accent going on if uh, <laughs> you guys are listening in the states. Uh, but I spent my time between uh, Istanbul in Turkey. Uh, I'm married to uh, a native a native lady here. And I'm slightly trapped over here in Turkey at the moment. The UK is only just going to let me back in. So I plan to visit and get back home to see some people uh, in the coming couple of weeks. So, yeah. So I'm in, I'm in Istanbul, Turkey today, half a planet away from you. That is, yeah, I, we had a, a bit of a, a scheduling snafu because um, you're eight hours ahead of me. So, um, yeah, that was... That was really interesting. Um, when I yeah, when I schedule with somebody from that part of the world, I, you know, I prepare myself for the inevitable request to record at nine o'clock a.m. their time, which is three o'clock a.m. my time. <laughs> I I am waiting for the inevitable request from somebody. <laughs> 
<laughs> but so far, so far, everybody has been really flexible and, um, you know, has been willing to work with me on the, um, on the time change between, um, my part of the world and other parts of the world. Um, I was just thinking this morning, how incredible a thing the internet is because yeah. years ago, not only would I have not been able to talk to anybody from outside of my yeah. city, basically. Yeah. But I would not have been able to see faces of people from yeah. the other side of the world. And it's just, it's such an yeah. incredible thing to be able to meet well, yeah, um, I mean, you're other so people. Right. Uh, you're so right, because if it wasn't for the internet, how on earth could I run my publishing empire? I use the word empire with some very large inverted commas. But how can I run a publishing company of any description uh, from uh, inside Europe, where my primary market is, of course, in the U.S.? So, yes, thank goodness for digital. Thank goodness for internet. Thank yes. goodness for uh, uh, digital platforms. Yeah, that's good. It's amazing. I was thinking that today myself. And I haven't been home and seen friends and family for, for quite a while now. So, but uh, so yeah, the internet and Zoom and Skype and things and FaceTime. Super. It's such a wonderful thing. And I was even using it. My mom has been, she did not have COVID. Um, but my mom was sick, um, with like three different things over the course of three, three or four months. And, um, we actually used, uh, Google meet the same program that you and I are using right now. Um, to sit, you know, I had my laptop going on, uh, video chat and we sat there and, and we're able to talk and, and see each other. So, and she lives like two miles down the road. <laughs> so yeah, the internet is, is an absolutely wonderful thing. Um, okay. So tell us a little bit about your company and how you choose your books and, and who you, who you work with. Um, that's, you know, kind of that side of publishing because, oh, you know, we don't have, okay. I don't think I've had very many publishing guests on here. So getting, mm -hmm. um, getting that input, I think would be great for some of our authors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think perhaps the first thing I should do is to say that I'm a very nascent uh, company. Uh, I started uh, publishing, I uh, started Papillon de Père this year after publishing a Christmas book by accident uh, last year. <laughs> I, I know that sounds strange. But it went, it went, it went thus. Uh, uh, by trade, I'm a, I'm a professional uh, copy editor, and I've worked with some uh, some known authors and some up and coming authors over the years. I've been doing this for I don't know about 25 years or something like that. And uh, I have a client uh, by the name of uh, Bradley Harper. He's a very interesting gentleman. He's a retired uh, army colonel, uh, a surgeon, uh, and uh, after he retired from the army, uh, about uh, I think. Four or five years ago, he decided uh, that he would free the creative spirit and he would start writing. So, uh, flash forward uh, three or four years, and he's published his, his debut novel, which I had a very small hand in, in helping out, very small hand, and uh, and we got to know each other a little bit. And last Christmas, um, I he sent me a flash fiction Christmas story, and I said that's really good. Uh, you should publish that, even though it's only two pages, 600 words or something. But it uh, it doesn't matter the length as long as the story gets home. And it did. And he said, well, I, it's too short. And I said, well, yeah, but we could put a couple of other things in as well. So he said, well, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit busy because he, can you believe he's also a Christmas Santa Claus uh, at the mall? Uh, something he does every year. He takes great joy from, he says. Uh, and he looks, uh, yeah, if you've seen Bradley Harbour, uh, online uh, pictures of him. He's um, he gets about a bit. He's getting quite well known, uh, and he he looks the part. He's got the white beard, so Aww. kids must really enjoy trying to pull his beard because he does look it. Anyway, I digress. So he said, "Well, Jay, why don't you why don't you publish it then? Uh, because I, latterly I got into a lot of production editing, so compiling books, formatting books for print and digital, writing flat copy and blurbs." Uh, and uh, organ helping to organize uh, book covers. Uh, I just never published anything myself, so I just did it for him. Uh, and we published a Kindle single last year, and we did it in aid of uh, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Um, and we gave all the profits uh, to St. Jude, 
Oh, that's and so that was cool. Great. Got a lot of Christmas feels. Yeah. Uh, Kindle only, and we sold a few copies. We, we published it late uh, in the first week of December, a little bit late, really. It was just, like I said, by accident. Um, we got some traction, we got some interest, and um, now I was able to give the profits to St. Jude. So I said to him, why don't we do that again next year? Organize it better, let's do a print run, and let's talk to St. Jude about it. And so he said yes. And, um, and as a result of that, another client said to me, why don't you publish my book and take that over? So I said, okay. <laughs> so I did that. And, uh, and then my, uh, my Jedi master, uh, an author by the name of Vincent Chez, uh, I noticed you were wearing a Star Wars t-shirt. So I, I I'm am. figuring that some listeners will get the pop culture reference quite happily. <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> so I'm a Jedi very happy Vincent geek. Chez. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, um, he came on board too. And so um, I changed from a sort of, uh, hybrid publishing services organization to a traditional publishing organization and I now offer traditional publishing contracts beginning to as well as hybrid publishing services and, uh, and I just published the sixth book the fifth and sixth book uh, last month nice okay so real quick question um, you said that you were a copy editor and so yeah. I, I would like to ask, uh, because I know that there are probably some authors out there, especially especially newer authors who are just now working on their debut book, yeah. What what is yeah. the difference between a copy editor and a proofreader? Because I offer proofreading okay. services, um, yeah. and, I, and I'm sure that there are some people out there that want to know, why do I need both? Yeah. Well, the answer is, is you need more, more than both. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just suck all your budget out of you. <laughs> so take this with a pinch of salt. Traditionally, when books cost $20, $25, there was, uh, there was room uh, within the expenses budget uh, to properly edit the book. So editing takes several stages, and we begin with developmental editing. Uh, where the uh, the uh, editor will help an author uh, get the book, uh, sorry, get the story together, um, really uh, at whatever level the author uh, requires in terms of assistance. But usually that's about straightening out uh, certain arcs, scenes um, that don't gel together, um, non sequiturs, things that have been are being repeated, uh, characters that weren't weren't referred to anywhere else and suddenly pop up. And basically, just structure the story. So uh, there'll be no actual, uh, there'll be no um, uh, editing of, of any words, nothing at the sentence level, just to help the author get the story straight. So, for example, um, I will uh, editors like me, developmental editors, will write an editor's report, or also known as an editor's letter. I'm going to write over six, seven, eight pages. We'll write a whole report on the book, breaking down all the elements of the book. Uh, and that helps the author to, to, to see if they get on the right track. And, of course, that's cheaper than paying for uh, a, a line edit, where the edit is going line by line. So that would, be the, that would be the first level. Then we get into line editing and copy editing. Traditionally, they're two separate. The line editing has more focus at, uh, at, at the higher level and at expression. Copy editing has more uh, focus on the paragraph level and, uh, and the mechanical expression. Uh, and then we get into into proofing. Uh, you guys are the saviors. You guys uh, sweep up and uh, uh, fix the typos, which change the meanings, and tidy everything up so, to, uh, so that the, the text reads fluently and fluidly for uh, for the readers, who otherwise do tend to notice the spellings and, and uh, typos left in, as you, as you uh -huh. fully know. So we thank you. <laughs> well, and I, you know, I tell people... And even the tagline on my website is, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't necessarily proofread to blindly go in and fix every single grammar mistake, you know, because some of mm -hmm. them, some of them are intentional based on dialogue of people from certain parts of the world or certain parts of the country. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, so I tell people I I am proofing your book to give it a reader's, you know, from a reader's standpoint. I learned to read when I was three years yeah. old. 
I've been a bookworm my entire life. And, you know, my mom has been a bookworm her entire life. So, you know, I've been surrounded by books my entire life. And so when I am proofreading somebody's book, I am not necessarily just going in and saying, okay, that's grammatically incorrect. We're going to fix that. And making every single book perfectly grammatically correct. Um, I, you know, I want to make it as easy of a read as possible. And that's not going to work if everything is perfectly grammatically correct. (laughs) It's just not going to, you know, you're going to, we're, you know, we're reading a book to escape. We're reading a book for entertainment. We're not reading a textbook. Mm -hmm. Textbooks are perfectly grammatically correct. So, you know, my, so my tagline is, you know, give your book a, a reader's viewpoint, you know, so by allowing me to proofread, I, you know, I'm fixing, you know, the, the book that I'm proofreading right now, the main thing that I am finding is question mark usage. Um, you know, there's, you know, because there's a question and then there's a, he asked afterwards or she asked or she questioned that still needs a question mark. It doesn't need a comma. It needs a question mark. So that's mainly the the yeah, main thing yeah. that I'm fixing in the yeah. in the book right now. Um, yeah. Because that makes it easier to read. Um, yes, indeed. And, and it's, uh, it's correct. And it's, it's, it's what we see every day. Well, <laughs> I hope it's what we see every day uh, in everything that's printed. We see correct grammar and we, we absorb that and understand that. And when we see it differently, uh, the eye and the brain pick it out and go, hello, what's that? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, punctuation is something that a lot of writers struggle with, and it's really not difficult to, to, uh, to learn and change. Plenty of advice out there on the Internet. And if your copy editor uh, or your proofreader uh, is easily going to sort that out for you. But I urge yeah. writers not to worry too much about those because people like yourself, people like me, we go in and fix that. You know, I say to authors, you tell the story, you make sure your characters are popping and that your pace is right and your story is really working. And, and I'll fix up the little things for you. Well, and, you know, at the same time that, you know, you and I have, you know, there's so many authors and there's so many new authors coming on the scene um, mm-hmm. yeah. that, you know, yeah, while I would love for every single author out there to hire a proofreader I don't you know I tell people I don't even care if it's me as long as you hire someone that's not financially feasible for everybody um so I think that learning those tricks and learning those things for yourself not you know and and doing your best to to get those things in there correctly before somebody else goes through um because, you know, if you send your book to a beta reader, you know, even if you're not planning on proofreading, you know, having a proofreader go through your book, a beta reader can see something that's not like punctuation that's not correct, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and while they may not know what the correct one would be, they, they can mm-hmm. tell that what they're looking at is not correct. And exactly. it can affect enjoyment of a story. It, it can. Yeah, it does. And yeah, it does. It's, that's unfortunate, but that it on, does. On, yeah, you can see that on Amazon and uh, Goodreads reviews. Uh, a lot of readers tend to think that editing basically is proofreading. Uh, and they, <laughs> they will catch a few typos in the book because, uh, uh, you know, there's always typos in the book. Uh, and, Even uh, I don't catch everything. And sometimes take stars off of the review. I mean, that they'll, they'll lower a four-star review to three and a half and then round it down to three, <laughs> uh, which can really kill, really kill how an algorithm on Amazon or Barnes & Noble might interact with that. Um, but, you know, uh, so that's why we have to be better, and that's why I urge uh, any writer to get somebody else to look at it. Everybody self-edits, and that's great. That's the first stage of it. Uh, you can find plenty of resources uh, on Google about self-editing, and that's the first stage. 
Um, somebody once said to me, it uh, might have been Samuel Delaney, uh, he's a Hugo and Nebula Award winner. Uh, he um, said to me, uh, through a third party, I believe, so don't let me get too grandiose, <laughs> something like, every draft is a first draft until someone else has read it. I believe I put that on my website, actually. Oh, uh, wow. To talk about uh, the, the various edits. Yeah, I believe so. I can't remember now. I'd have to check that. Uh, which is which is right because uh, for example you know that your character has yellow hair and that's why another character might react uh, and and talk about the sun shimmering off their hair but but if you haven't mentioned that anywhere <laughs> the reader doesn't know that right uh, and uh, somebody else doesn't know that so the proofreader will come in or the beta reader will come in whoever you're choosing to help you out uh, will come in will understand things like that and just work work out that things don't don't gel necessarily correctly. So yeah, I urge everybody to hire who you can, who fits for you. Plenty of choices in terms of uh, editors across the range from, as I say, uh, developmental editing through down to uh, line and copy editing and proofreading, uh, doing different functions from, from different points of view, depending on what your need is. Uh, and hire somebody to help you out. Your budget may not be great, so find, find somebody you feel comfortable with and will perform those roles for example, uh, Pamela, you'll start from, from the, the mechanics and words and sentences upwards. I'll start from story elements and characters and art and going downwards. And, and we'll meet somewhere in the middle very often. So hire somebody uh, in your budget and you won't regret it, I promise. Yeah. You won't regret it. Yeah, ab absolutely. I, I, have read, um, I have read books um, that, you know, I'm like, I really wish this author had come to me first before publishing this book because it's, you know, it's an amazing story, but you know, the, the typos in the, the comma usage and the semicolon usage and you know, all of those things aren't used right. And it distracts me, you know, ever since yeah, I started, yeah. ever since I started my proofreading yeah. business, it's yeah. I notice those things a lot more than yeah. I used to, yeah. and you know, yeah. and I'm like, this story is amazing, and but this grammar is terrible, <laughs> and so it just you know, um, one one thing, one thing I would like to say, um, is kind of a a PSA tutoring type thing to any authors that could be listening, um. If you have two characters whose viewpoint you are writing from, you need to determine who is speaking in each paragraph. Um, yeah. I, I bring this up because I, I proofread a book that had that continually, and it would say, um, you know, it would identify one of the characters in one paragraph, and then in the next paragraph, mm -hmm. it would say, um, you know, something about he left his friend behind. Okay, you've got two people in this story right now. Who left his friend behind? And, yeah. you know, so yeah. I, yeah. you know, so just, you know, small little PSA, identify your character once a paragraph. Um, that's actually something I learned in high school English. Um, so I don't it think is, that yeah. it's... And, and there, are, there are plenty of ways to do it. Sorry to talk over you. I was just going to say there are plenty of ways to do to do that to show who it is. Uh, a character uh, stops and picks up a piece of paper, for example, will will identify uh, the dialogue coming next. So it doesn't always need to be dialogue tags, but yeah, do make it clear. And the general rule of thumb, uh, which most writers know now, is that yeah, pretty much one speaker per paragraph. So if you, if you're putting a new paragraph, you've got another speaker. Yeah. So they they can merge together sometimes, depending on how it's structured, but generally. One speaker per paragraph makes it very clear for the reader. Um, yeah, I you know I found myself um, you know having to go back you know two or three paragraphs to figure out you know okay in this paragraph who's speaking you know whose point of view is in this paragraph and so you know just small little PSA it's not there's no judgment you know because again yeah. the author knows who the, who is speaking. And so exactly. that's, that exactly. goes back to how important yeah. it is to have another pair of eyes on your book, whether it's yeah, hiring exactly. a proofreader, yeah. whether it's yeah. hiring an editor, whether it's just having an yeah. alpha or a beta reader, it's important to get that second pair of eyes so that you know 
that your story is yeah, clear. It is, yeah, it is. And uh, for independent authors uh, starting out who have very limited budget, um, you know, uh, find some people in your in your social circle or an extended network who have studied literature, maybe, or just you know, uh, very keen bookworms, uh, and uh, you know, they'll probably be you know, happy to be asked. As long as, not, as long as not everybody's asking them, yeah. they might be happy to be asked uh, to uh, to go through the book and, and to ensure certain clarity. For example, identifying speakers in, in, a, in a dialogue scene, especially in an extended dialogue scene, so that it flows and, it, and it's clear. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to. You don't always have to hire professionals. At least not right out of the block. No. Um, you know, do what's do what fits your budget. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> don't go to the bank and get a loan and hire expensive people. That's no, no, and especially there is um, there are vanity presses um, out there that you know yeah. can are very. Yeah. Um, yeah. very expensive. You know, one thing you should not be paying your publisher <laughs> to publish your book. That's, yeah. that's not how yeah. that works. Can, can, I, can, can I talk a little bit about that? Yeah, because absolutely. I'd like to, I'd like to confirm and, and correct a, a few uh, understandings about vanity presses. Uh, I, I, I did want to talk about this today because, um, vanity presses abound everywhere under the guise of you know, very, uh, very nice sounding names and beautiful looking websites with a lot of books uh, sitting on the shelves, uh, which you can then find on Amazon and getting some readers. Uh, but uh, a lot of the vanity presses do not start out with the writer's interests at heart. They're businesses. So they need to be a happy medium. And a lot of the vanity presses are at the wrong end of the spectrum. Now, I'm not going to say any names because I don't want to get slapped with any lawsuits. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, we don't see uh, names. <laughs> yeah, sorry, please. Yeah, no, don't mention names. We don't want, we don't want to get yeah, sued. Yeah, no, of course, <laughs> yeah. That'll, that'll, that'll kill you as well. Uh, so if, if, the, uh, if, any, if anybody, uh, whatever company, whatever organization, whatever name is asking you for, I don't know, $1,500, quoted up front for you to publish your book with them. All right, that's, that's a huge no-no. You don't need to spend that kind of money to get your book published, and you shouldn't. And they will not sell your book for you. They will print your book for you, and they will deliver you a box of six or 12 books, and they will put it up on their website, and they will put it up on Amazon, and that's where it will end. And they will take your check and cash your check and be very happy. So be very, very wary of those kinds of vanity presses. We have at the other end of the spectrum, as we all know, traditional publishers. And depending on the size of the publisher, so if you have a little mini mouse uh, like my company, Papillon Dupair, or one of the big four, soon to become big three, Simon & Schuster, Random House, uh, then they will, uh, they will uh, pay you. Uh, to publish their book, they will believe in your manuscript, believe in your story, believe in your writing, believe in your talent, and they will pay you to publish the book with some kind of advance and some kind of royalty share. So that's that's kind of the holy grail. It has been the holy grail for all these years. Yeah. That's what you probably want to, uh, most writers will seek. Uh, and uh, and then hopefully you'll become the next J.K. Rowling, the next uh, Ken Follett, uh, exactly. In the middle of those two is what's known as the hybrid publisher. And the hybrid publisher, as the name implies, combines the best of traditional publishing with uh, chargeable publishing services because uh, they are not a big company, uh, they don't have the resources, and, uh, and they know that they will sell only a limited number of books, which will not pay back if the hybrid publisher is, is doing the cover, is putting up your uh, Amazon sales page, your Barnes and Noble page, in Grand Spark, wherever, uh, and uh, writing all your flat copy and uh, helping to get you to market will not sell enough copies uh, to make any money out of that. Uh, that's the reality of where certain writers are going to be. So the hybrid publisher charges fair and upfront uh, money for, uh, I phrase that badly, charges fair money for good services on an ongoing basis, certainly not on an upfront basis, very different from the vanity press. And you will see what the cost for everything uh, is upfront and going in, and you'll pay what you want to pay for somebody, for example, professional cover designer. I will design your cover. Somebody will write your blurb. 
uh, somebody will format your book and uh, and get it to market on the on the channels that the hybrid publisher uses. Now that tends to be that tends to sound like a vanity press, but the big difference is a hybrid publisher will ask for some money up front, will probably ask for a small share of the royalties as agreed with the contract to ensure that the hybrid publisher has an interest in marketing your book and everything is up front and everything is fair. So be very careful to identify who is a hybrid and who is a vanity. A vanity will call themselves hybrids and hybrids will call themselves hybrids and it can be difficult to sort out the fair wheat <coughs> from the overcharging chaff. So be careful. Well, I mean, basically, you know, from from what I, I'm hearing you say, if if a publisher is asking for probably more than a thousand dollars up front, chances are they're yeah. not a hybrid publisher. Yeah, I would say that. I would I would lower that figure. Uh, I can't say for the industry standard, but um, I was uh, I still do offer hybrid publishing services. I have a dual model, traditional model where I accept um, a number of books per year, uh, limited slots open in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. Uh, I'd rather publish fewer books and do it well than try to publish a whole lot of books and see them sitting there not getting traction. So limited slots available. But I also offer hybrid publishing services, uh, which is the fastest way to get your book published and the easiest way to get your book published. And uh, and you'll pay a little bit of money for that. But really, uh, I would say that your cover should be costing you between $150, if there's some sort of pre-prepared elements in that, uh, to $500, and your, your formatting, if it's straight fiction, without any uh, great number of changes of style, for example, like you can get in science fiction text, we get a lot of screen text and somebody has to go in and code that text to look like it's come on the screen. So the format shouldn't cost you much more than $100, I would say. Like this, there are, there are charges along the way and you pick what it is that you need. Do you need someone to write your flat copy, your back cover copy? Maybe not, you've done that yourself. Or somebody, I can help you with that. If you need someone to help you with your sales page, maybe not. Or if you do, I can help you with that. But yeah, let's say $1,000 and downwards, anything more. And don't pay it all up front, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, at least there's some trust involved. Uh, don't pay, pay it in installments, uh, pay some things afterwards, depending on who the publisher is. It's all there to be negotiated and to be done fairly. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, I like your figure though. 1000 and down. Yeah, we, um, you know, you and I definitely have the the same viewpoint towards the services that we offer. You know, we want we want to be fair. You know, I I market to specifically self published authors, authors that are either choosing to self publish um, for creative, you know, to, in order to keep their own creative license. Uh, my friend Lacey yeah. is a is a good example of that. Um, you know, she chose to self publish, um, and you know, or the authors that simply don't have the the budget to go with a hybrid publisher, or um, you know, so there's myriad of reasons why yeah. why yeah. people self publish, but I don't think that self-publishing your book should mean that you are sacrificing quality in order, in order to do that. So, you know, my, you know, I keep my proofreading services priced as low as I possibly can um, Mm -hmm. for those self-published authors, because I, you know, I want their book to be the best it can be. I don't want to break their bank in order to do it. (laughs) <laughs> so you know so I yeah I think that you and I have the have the same um, the same viewpoint on wanting to make sure that things are fair for authors um, you know who unlike me have the that storytelling brain I don't have a storytelling brain I just don't um, I never have I was never yeah. I was never the, the kid who wrote the stories for mom or, you know, anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and so I admire so much 
these people that they have these stories in their heads and they have to tell them and they have to write them. I know. I have to be very careful when I'm when I'm uh, writing to uh, to authors uh, that I'm not coming across as in any way fake because I'm honestly in awe. Yeah. I'm in awe of some of these uh, artists. I'm not just talking about writing. I'm talking about all forms of art, movie making, sculpting, yeah, uh, architecture. I mean, I don't know where these ideas come from. Like you, I'm a nuts and, I'm a nuts and bolts person. Uh, and uh, I, I want to be a writer. Uh, you know, I, I I don't like writing. <laughs> it's far too hard. <laughs> so, the, I mean, the closest. The... About that is the emotional ride. I mean, come on, who wants to do that? I mean, you guys are crazy, but your guys are amazing. Yes. And uh, God bless you for creating literature and, and other art in the world. Uh, I uh, I doth doff mine cap to you. Uh, don't ask me why I've gone Shakespeare, uh, but I think you guys are amazing. Uh, yeah. Yes, keep, keep ab- absolutely. Thank you. Yes, a, a big, big thank you um, to to a lot of our authors that we, you know, I especially have had the honor of meeting and, and getting to know and, and being friends with. Um, and, you know, you and I were talking, uh, I think, before we hit record, how mm. wonderful the Internet is. No, I think we were talking yeah. about that right at the beginning, you know, how wonderful the, the Internet yeah. is. Yeah. There's so many of these authors that I never would have met, you know, yeah. had it not been for the internet. And yeah. I, yeah. you know, and it's, it's really funny. I was in um, a local store, my local print shop, and I had taken my reading journal in because one of the girls that works there um, is a huge bookworm. And so I had taken my reading journal in to show her and she came across one of the entries that I had put in um, for Kerwall Town, which I'm sure you've heard of Kerwall Town or heard of Seb Reed. And she goes, oh, I've heard of this book. Right. And I was like, that is wild. I was like, you know, I am definitely, I was like, I am actually friends with that author. He is going to be thrilled that his book has made it from Ireland to Oklahoma. Yeah. without without me in the middle you know with you know just with me completely out of the picture and um you know and i can give you i can give you a nice little story uh like uh along those lines if you like yeah absolutely uh and uh it goes it goes like this uh i was uh i was working with a wonderful wonderful lady by the name uh, her pen name is shay adams he sadly passed away uh, this year uh, at the end of April, and is sadly missed by all. Uh, she led a long and full life, and she was just one of, you know, you meet people, and there's just something about them that's just just totally wonderful. So she was like that. I had the very good fortune to, uh, to work with her and, and help her on her writing and publishing journey. And uh, well, we published uh, two books together this year. And the first of those was Sitting on the Counter, of her daughter's hairdressing salon, and one of the uh, one of the clients asked her what the book was and what was going on with that. So uh, the daughter, whose name is Nicole, um, told uh, told the client, and the client said, "My husband's writing a book, uh, and uh, so hey, do you have any advice? And can you put him in touch uh, with anybody you know who helped make this book?" So. Uh, so he, yeah, <laughs> from a book sitting in a hairdresser's, I got put in touch with another client. And <laughs> uh, we're working on uh, a very neat uh, near future uh, young adult techno film, uh, which we're, we're, looking, we're looking to bring out probably in 2023. Uh, and that's all come from the fact that a book sat on a counter at a hairdressing salon, which, I, which I, 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 love, I just love that story. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. It's, you know, the you know, our world has, it's shrunk and it's grown like all at the same time, you know, and it's just, it's absolutely wonderful. The, the scope of who we get to work with, you know, and I work with, you know, clients mainly from the U S uh, right now, but I have worked with a couple of, um, clients from the UK and, it, um, 
it makes me so happy to, to just be able to get to know these authors through proofreading, through my blog, through podcasting. You know, I never would have met you had it not been for my podcast. So, um, you know, it's yeah, just, yeah. it's such a, yeah. it's such a wonderful thing to be able to do and to be able to get to know all of these different people and, um, help them make their book the best that it can be, whether, yeah, yeah. you know, regardless of, yeah. you know, what we're doing for that book. Um, you know, our goal is always to make it the best that it can be, um, for the yes. author. So, um, okay. Yes, I, um, I think, I think I have, uh, possibly one of the best jobs in the world, at, at least for me. I work with some amazing people, not only amazingly creative, but just amazing uh, individual people. Uh, and uh, they're very supportive, very helpful um, in, uh, in me and what I've been doing this year uh, in my publishing role. And, uh, and who can say that they happily sit at their desk for up to, up to 16 hours a day <laughs> working with these people? So, yeah, I, I'm very lucky. There's some, some great authors um, that I edit for and I, and I, and I publish uh, and, who, and who are in my um, uh, writers group that I host on Facebook. I put a little writers group together this year uh, just to get some authors together because I think you'll probably understand this, Pamela. No matter how much you advise uh, your writer about something, you can never truly empathize with them if you're not a writer. Yeah, exactly. If you don't... If you don't suffer the terror of showing your work to somebody else who you don't know for the first time, if you don't know what that's like, I think you probably can't fully understand writers 100%. And that's why I put a writers group together, put writers uh, who are uh, more seasoned, shall we say, uh, and writers who are uh, beginning their writing journey. I put a few writers together uh, so that they can talk to each other and benefit from each other without me having to pretend that I understood every single feeling that they're, that they're uh, experiencing on a, on a good day or a bad day. Because we're, because we don't, there's, you know, there's just not, you know, if you're not a writer, if you're not an author, um, there's no way to truly understand that feeling. There's just not, you know, yeah. I, the closest yeah. I come to writing is my book reviews on my blog. That's the closest I come and it just, you know, at first, it it did scare me a little bit to put my book reviews out there, mm -hmm. um, especially if they were a little bit more on the negative side. Um, but, you know, over the past couple of years of working on my blog, I, I've gotten past that, and now I get excited about posting a new review. So... I, I will never understand that terror. <laughs> it's just not something that's ever yeah, going to be in my wheelhouse. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I haven't understood that terror since school days of handing in homework. <laughs> I really can't, can't relate to that uh, in, in, a, in, a true, in a true way. But other writers can. And so yeah. that's why I would say to, say to uh, new writers, uh, don't be on this journey alone. There's a, there's a great writers um, uh, community on, on Twitter. I'm fairly new on Twitter. I found out this in recent, uh, recent, recent months. And uh, join, a join a local writers group physically or uh, online. Just get with other people. Uh, they can help you. You can help them. Uh, and the journey doesn't have to be alone. So yeah, do find other people who share your terror. <laughs> and honestly, <laughs> it, it shouldn't be a lonely... You know, you're alone when you're writing your story. You should not be yeah. alone in every other aspect of it. You know, it's, it definitely yeah. needs to be a partnership between you and other people. Um, you know, if, you know, for no other reason, then you need these people to buy your books. <laughs> you know, yeah. you and yeah. I, you know, I had, I had somebody a few months ago, maybe it was even last year on Twitter that, you know, I had never interacted with this person the whole time I had been on Twitter. I didn't know who this person was. Um, all I knew was that they were probably following me, but that was all I knew. I had never talked to this person. I had never interacted with this person. And suddenly they're, suddenly they're tagging me in an ad for their book. You know, hey, picky okay. bookworm 
you know, check out my book. No, <laughs> not, you know, and I, and I don't say that to be rude. I, I say that because I am the type of person that I am more likely to buy your book and enjoy it if I know the author. Yeah. And, you know, and I think part of that may be an, an innate subconscious fear of disliking the book because I like the author. But either way, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I am more likely to enjoy your book and I'm more likely to read your book if I have had some sort of interaction with you. Yeah. So yeah. for for said person to not have had any interaction with me and then suddenly I'm getting tagged in this ad, I, you know, not only did that make me not want to read her book, but, you know, I very kindly replied and said, you know, if I have not had any interaction with you, please don't tag me in an ad for your book. And this person actually accused me of being racist. Oh, really? Oh. And I, you know, and I read the tweet and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I was like, first of all, this has absolutely nothing to do with your skin color, your gender, your sexual orientation, your religious affiliation, your race, whatever you want to, you know, any part of that part of you. And, you know, I'm like, so it, you know, it escalated very, very, very quickly. So, you know, just from my asking. Yeah, you, you have to be careful of that, don't you? And you have to be very careful. You're not racist, Pamela. You're a taggist. <laughs> I'm taggist, yes. So you're, you're guilty of being a taggist. <laughs> You're guilty in the first degree, and and you only have yourself to blame. <laughs> Firstly, you know you're very endearing. Secondly, uh, you have a very nice way with words on uh, Twitter. Thank you. How we got together recently, uh, and uh, and thirdly, picky bookworm. And what a great name that is! <laughs> Thank and also, you. The, the little word you've got in your logo is fantastic. A picky bookworm. Who's not going to want to try and tag that? Yeah, um, you know, and. So I, you know, and that started, you know, that whole situation started a, a discussion on Twitter about, you know, if you are wanting to market your book, market yourself first, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, yeah. you know, there was, there was one author, um, he goes by Nick Starling now, he was uh, Laura Dominic at the time. And she, at the time, when she wrote her book, Oil and Water, months before she published, she, right. she got on Twitter and she made friends with people and she talked to people and she interacted with people and she got herself out there and, you know, made friends with all of these people and became this, you know, this force of nature on Twitter and just everybody knew her and everybody loved her. And once that happened, once those people knew her and once those people loved her, then she said, oh, hey, I've got a book coming out next week. Well, you know what? Probably 75 to 80% of those people who knew her and loved her bought her book because they knew her yeah. and they, they loved her. So that's, yeah. to me, that is a, that is a huge thing. You know, I was on Twitter for months before I even started talking about my proofreading business. Right. You know, yeah. I, I marketed myself as this person that hopefully people can trust. Hopefully people you know, when they see me pop up in their feed, hopefully they don't go, ugh, her again? <laughs> you know, I, I want people to to know me as this this great person, this this kind person, this trustworthy person that when I do proofread your book and when you do choose to work with me, I'm going to carry that same attitude into my yeah. work with your book. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I'm going to be kind. I, I, I'm going like, to be helpful. I like what you say. I like what you say because uh, when it comes to hiring, 
any kind of editor or, or proofreader, the most important thing for you uh, as a writer is that you feel you, you feel you've got a good fit. Uh, and uh, writers, artists are very emotional people. Obviously, they're expressing emotion through their work. And uh, feel uh, in your gut that you've got a good fit uh, for the uh, professional, whether it's a beta reader or a proofreader or editor. Feel you've got a good fit for them uh, with you. Uh, and if, if you feel you've got a good fit, you probably have got a good fit. And even if you haven't hired the best editor, the best proofreader, the best beta reader in the world, you have hired a very good one for you. So yeah. always feel you've got a good fit. And if you don't feel that, then, then don't continue. Uh, there are plenty of other people out there who uh, are very good at what they do, very genuine, very honest, really want to help people, very fair in whatever charges they, uh, they, they do or don't make, uh, and, and find one of those. And if you don't know where to find one of those, I can put you in touch with one of those. Feel free to drop me a line uh, on Twitter anytime. I can put you in touch with people. I know people who know people. I'm not in a bad way. Yeah. I um, recently had a not-so-great experience uh, with a proofreading client, and it broke my heart a little bit um, because a lot of it was – I hesitate to say that it was my fault, but in a way it kind of was. Um, I What happened was – I had gotten this book from an author and the um, I was using Microsoft Word on my Android Chromebook. Well, little did I know that in the middle of proofreading this book, Microsoft went to Android and said, we are no longer going to support Microsoft Word on your Android devices. So my... So the Word program that I had downloaded on my Chromebook was no longer acting properly. It was not saving. It was corrupting data. It was, yeah, it was just messing everything up. And so I realized what was going on about halfway through proofreading this book. So I switched it over to another laptop, to another computer that had actual word. It wasn't Android. It was Microsoft Word downloaded. I thought that I had gone back and fixed everything that I had caught before, but somehow it none of it had saved. <laughs> so because of, because of this really horrible technological issue that I'm having that I thought I had corrected for, the client did not receive a well-proofread copy. Yeah. Now, part, you know, the part of it that I say was my fault is what I should have done is instead of thinking I caught everything and thinking that everything saved, I should have just restarted at the beginning of the book and gone forward on the new computer um, and just basically reproofread the whole thing. Um. You know, but it it just it created this whole thing, and you know, and I had I had been under agreement with this author that I was going to proofread the next two books in the series. I received an email saying, you know, I I'm going to choose not to work with you again, and it, you know, while I cannot judge this author for that decision it is totally it was totally her decision to make even if i had sent her a perfect copy it was completely her decision but it broke my heart because i had not done my best for the client and i had not done what i should have done in hindsight looking back um at what i should have done and how i should have handled the situation um I had not done what I was supposed to do. And so I think that was definitely a learning process um, for me as a proofreader. Um, you know, and I was able to, I was able to smooth things over um, with the author and, and able to, um, you know, express my sincere condolences over everything that had happened. And, 
you know, while I may not work with that particular author, again, I think that the way I chose to handle it afterwards meant that she would not give me a, a horrible review and say that I was a horrible proofreader and nobody should ever work with me. And so it was, it, it was a, you know, it was a learning experience for me. And, and I, you know, while it was heartbreaking at the time, and it still is a little bit when I think about it, I am, I am happy to have had that situation so that if it happens again, I know how to handle it. And I know, yeah, and I exactly. know what to do. Yeah, we live and learn from everything, don't we? If I may, I think there's a couple of points you brought out that uh, I think bear, uh, bear repeating. Uh, firstly, uh, whether we like it or not, evil Microsoft is king. <laughs> and uh, Microsoft will, <laughs> their cash cow basically yeah. is Office. And so they will not stop supporting Microsoft Word at any time in, in our lifetimes. No. So uh, I, would, I would suggest uh, using a copy of Microsoft Word, uh, if you can, if you can afford that. If you want a very good uh, PC-based uh, Word clone, uh, Microsoft Word clone, uh, you can use uh, Apache's OpenOffice. That's also very functional. The other thing I was going to say that I think bears uh, pointing out is, is what everybody says, back up, back up. And I, and honestly, I thought I had, you know, and honestly, I thought I had, but I, you know, but at the time I thought that I was backing everything up. I was not aware of, you know, Microsoft taking their support away from Android word. And so, you know, the backup just wasn't backing up. It was, it was, uh, it was a whole big, huge mess. And, you know, and like I told the author, you know, I was like, I honestly thought that I had gone back and fixed everything. And if I had known that I had not, I would not have sent that document to you. I just wouldn't have done it. There's just no way. So it was, you know, it was just a whole cascade of, you know, 10 billion different things that could have gone wrong and she just happened to be the unlucky recipient of it. And it just, it, it was such a, it was such an unfortunate um, incident in such an unfortunate circumstance. Um, you know, it, but... happens. Uh, it happens, unfortunately. I've been doing uh, this for 25 years. I am that old. And uh, a couple of years ago, and I still don't know the answer why, uh, but uh, the client got the not final saved version of the manuscript, uh, which I went over again uh, and ironed out a couple of small things. And for some reason, that was not the version that she got. I don't know how or why. I'll never know. <laughs> and it, it, uh, it kills me uh, when I think about it, just like you. You, you can't help. You think you've let people down uh, because readers pick out the fact. Uh, one reader picked out the fact that uh, one of the characters who, one of the characters' names, his name was Coates, uh, and uh, in one instant, it's spelt with an E, C-O-A-T-E-S. Uh, that was one of the things that I, at the very end, but the version that was published didn't have that ironed out, and one reader picked that out. Out of 50 times that character was mentioned, one name had an E in it. That's <laughs> and that awesome. <laughs> So you can imagine the author wasn't best pleased that somehow uh, not the finalized manuscript. Was, I mean, it was okay. She was able to fix it in the next iteration. But, you know, horror of horror, things happen. And, yeah, they do happen, Pamela. Yeah. We, we're all human beings, aren't we? We yeah. try our best. Um, okay, so we only have a couple of minutes left. Where okay. Where can people find you online and how can they submit a query to you if they decide to do that? Uh, I guess the easiest way is my website address. Uh, I have a complicated company name, all to do with the fact that my wife and I dreamed of living in France, uh, and perhaps we still will, and to do with the fact that uh, her father referred to her as his butterfly. So my company name is uh, Papillon du Père, that's French, three words. So to make the internet address, I had to simplify it. So it's www.papillon-du-pair.com. Okay. And uh, Papillon is spelled P-A-P-I-L-L-O-N 
and do is du and pair is p-e-r-e it's french it means father's butterfly uh, in french. so papillon hyphen do hyphen pair.com you can find me there um and from there you can get to my twitter you can email me uh come join me on twitter um uh, and i will help i will uh offer you any advice uh, that i can in terms of your writing journey your publishing journey i like uh, meeting new writers come join my authors uh, my writers group on facebook if you want uh, but find me at the website and just just reach out and you know and we'll talk and chat and i can put you in touch with people or i can just offer you a hug i like that awesome okay well jay it has been an absolute blast talking to you today um, and I, I've had such a good time. Um, didn't even get to a couple of the subjects that I wanted to ask about, but that's okay. Well, uh, ask, ask me back sometime when people have forgotten about me. <laughs> and uh, I can talk about all new things. We can talk about Star Wars, and we can we can talk about publishing as the evil empire. Abs- yes. So we can do lots we'll, of analogies. And we'll pick. That. We'll pick. All, all sorts of new subjects next time. But yes, I, I will definitely yeah. have you back at some point. Um, but yes, it has been an absolute blast having you today. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with me. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. And you. Bye-bye. Bye.